to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome aboard the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown co-host of the program, along with Mr. Gary Baker. And uh, we got a whole host of guys in studio as well. Kasten Thomas is back with us. Uh, he is not only one of our tech experts, but he's going to be here as the Chuck Norris of securing and managing mobile networks. We'll be talking with him about the eyes of Google being upon us. Ed Riddell and Cal Carson are in studio as well. It's a great program we have lined up for you on the Internet Advisor. To the Internet Advisor. Once again, your hosts, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, our number one, and we have got quite a program. In some ways, I hope we scare the daylights out of you with this first one. <laughs> I've got my roll of tinfoil, and we're ready to deal with Google having its eyes upon us. Kasten Thomas, good to have you in studio with us. Glad to be here. Kasten is going to be uh, giving us 
Well, a better idea of the people who are watching us, <laughs> who's got their eyes on us and what they're doing with what they see. Also with us, Ed Rudell in studio. Hi, Ed. Always great, Foster. Good to have you here. And Cal Thomas, back from the icy lands. Cal Thomas, he said. Oh, that was geez. pretty good. Cal Carson. Which, which is a merge between <laughs> the uh, ever-popular Caston Thomas and me. <laughs> and, and my God, I'm looking across oh, at him dear. from the mic, and you know he does kind of look like me. He has a nose. <laughs> I have a nose. You're much better looking than Cal. <laughs> I got a face for radio, baby. <laughs> and he but, called me Cal last week. So oh, see, there you go. Now thing. you're even. <laughs> now you're so, even. I think someone is just standing in for me. That's what it is. <laughs> no, it's really great to be back. I am so glad to be back here at the mic again. It is a wonderful place to be with you guys and uh, i really enjoy doing this so it's good to be back hey we have a special feature right now and that's with mr gary baker the uh tech slice that he's going to be bringing us today from the deck of the uh, shared adventure that's right you know it's uh, actually i'm at the tech deck i think oh the tech deck there we go yes of course so hey i I was just curious you guys have you uh seen what's going on with apple with uh, amazon go Yes, it, it, it's so all the rage. It, you know, it was supposed to open a year ago, and it finally opened this last week. And it is a you know a grab and go kind of grocery store that Amazon has been trying to perfect for about five years. Uh, there's one store that they opened in Seattle. It's about the size of a Seven Eleven or so, but oh. you're able to go in down, while well, you download the app. Uh, Amazon Go, you scan it just like you scan on uh, your boarding pass on an airplane, and you walk in, you put things in your bag, and you walk straight out. Oh, now, th- now this is Amazon the place. Amazon you. And this is the no place that's lines. supposed to eliminate lines. Yeah. 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 See, this, this really baffles me, I got to say, because... The whole purpose of Amazon when it came out was you order the stuff online and they bring it to your house. Now they're actually taking you back to brick and mortar again, which is really weird. But done in such a different way, right? I mean, no lines. You don't stop and pay. You pay with, uh, you know, with Apple Pay or you you have to hook up a credit card uh, to Amazon Go and... uh, you know, it's very convenient. So if you could picture yourself uh, walking down the street at lunchtime, walking in someplace, or, you know, you're a little thirsty, walk in, grab a Coke, and walk out. <laughs> well, I, I'm sure Amazon's going to get a picture of me. You know the surveillance on a store like that has got to be just overwhelming. Well, it's based on having, my right, Gary, is based on having all these cameras in the yeah. ceiling that are watching stock. As well as you. Yeah, but, but you know, he you says, know, what could be more convenient? But what's more convenient than sitting at my house having them bring the stuff to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. And there's, but, no, and, and there's know, no lines. <laughs> and, we, and we probably have all uh, been standing there when you watch somebody just grab a Coke and walk out in the past, only this time they actually charge you for it. Yes, not shoplifting. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, this, however, would be the ultimate straw for my wife. She's infuriated now at those self-checkout lines because it eliminates jobs. This would even wipe out the jobs of the people who were standing by the self-checkout line. Well, I mean, if if That's I if, right. if it was a place that I frequented on the way to work and I just wanted to grab um, a monster and uh, yeah. a bag of chips and a, and a sub sandwich and then get out and I'm in and out of there in thirty seconds. Yeah, yep. you know yep. that 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 That's would be worth it. 
That's certainly. And I think I'm, that's what they're targeting. I'm still not buying yeah. it. <laughs> why don't Why don't we, Why don't we have those drones deliver it right there at your work? So by the time you get to work, you order it in your car as you're driving along. When you get to work, it's delivered to your desk. That That may be Plan B too. Who well, knows? Then I'd yeah, be so I... overweight. Then, because I wouldn't have to walk down the street. <laughs> we know from a finance. He, yeah, he, he wants to drink it on his way to the office. <laughs> from, from a financial standpoint, though, it makes a lot of sense because retail operations are very, very low margin. Oh, yeah. But one right. of the things that they have to uh, consider in their profit margin is the amount of shoplifting and things that, quote, disappear, unquote. This eliminates yeah. that. That does. Oh, it right. eliminates that, and that's good, and, and, and I'm all for that, that situation. But then again, isn't it going to increase the price over the course of time? Because now we're putting up a brick-and-mortar store. we got real estate we got to pay for. Well, not necessarily. Please I mean, explain. Uh, I can't explain it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, point, the point, I think, is, Cal, it's, it's not one or the other. It's both, right? You get it one way. Somebody else gets it another way. You say tomato. Somebody else says tomato. You can buy either one at the store. And, hey. uh, that, and, and I think that's the, the goal here. You know, it's different, though. This is the size of a 7-Eleven. Yeah. You could see it working in a convenience situation. Exactly. Ed, Ed's example, store, I think, is good one. Yeah. Yeah. A typical store will have uh, about 38,000 items. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and of all, and sometimes you get apples that don't quite conform and, and whatever. So, you know, more to do. I mean, they were a year late in getting it up. Thankfully, it's opened up. It's a proof of concept. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. And if it uh, does, it rolls out to Whole Foods. It does. Oh. roll out. That's right. Because Amazon oh, bought Whole Foods two years ago. That's true. Well, Gary, thank you for this inaugural tech slice. From Captain Gary, uh, we're going to try each week to give Gary a little chance to talk about some issue or issues that have caught his attention in the news. Back in just a second, and Kasten is going to take over here, talking about the eyes of Google and a whole bunch of other people being upon us. Get your tin hats ready. back to the Internet Advisor. Once again, your hosts, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. You know, one of our um, humble tech experts on the program here, along with Cal and uh, Ed Rudell, is somebody who has uh, been described as the uh, Chuck Norris of security. <laughs> and that's Mr. Caston Thomas, who was with us, 
He is actually the CEO and founder of Interworks, a company in Rochester, Michigan, where uh, you guys do uh, security for a whole bunch of different kind of companies. Am I right on that? Yeah, but uh, primarily the large organizations. Yeah. We've done work with the state of Michigan, right. a number of universities and colleges, but huh. uh, you know the challenges are very oh. much the same. Huge, huge. Now, what, as I said before, I brought my tin hat, and guys, we can put the aluminum foil on right now to protect ourselves. Um, that is, those of us who maybe tend to be conspiracy theorists, you, yeah, we, we got this title, I thought, from uh, your response to an article that had been published on... Um, on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. And it had been published by uh, a fellow named Dave Williams, who was a security expert himself. And in the, by the way, folks, if you go to internetadvisor.net, there's an image there, a really fascinating graphic that shows how Google, for instance, in this particular case, right? Yep. H- how much information they have on us. And um, you had a response. And your response was, caution if you believe that chart is all that Google knows, as Google has amassed information from third-party relationships that the infographic is a small fraction of what they know. Uh, The other thing was, you put down there, the Republican Party database that was exposed on uh, AWS, which is uh, Amazon... Web service. Web service. um, Had enough data on 192 million registered U.S. voters to fill the complete Harry Potter series four to five times over for each and every individual. This is scary, but it's only the tip of the iceberg. It is the tip of the iceberg because it's not just Google. It's Apple. It's AT&T and Verizon. It's all of these services that we're logging into and handing over the, the information that is vital to our lives. And we can get into some of those that are really, really scary. Well, I love, and, you I, know, when you think about it, um, a lot of the bad guys also have that amount of information. And if they don't now, they certainly will. Yeah, certainly. And uh, my fear is always, you know, the tyrannical governments are always the ones that are come in with the will of the people. And the idea of a police state with this much information is not something that concerns me in the short term, but that potential of this information falling into the wrong hands is very concerning to me. Oh, there's last round of elections in France and Germany and in the U.S. as well. That kind of jingoism, that nationalism was being brought up, you know, protect us. And on that basis, you know, how many more CCTV, closed-circuit TVs, are out there now on the basis of that, justifying that? I mean, how much of what I do every day is looked at or is visible to some government agency? Well, you know, but that might be our um, our concern, Foster. But, you know, the kids today, they kind of think, okay, they're posing for some of those uh, cameras when they see them. They don't have the any pretext at all, pretense at all that that there is any security, there is any privacy. They would rather be secure. Well, guys, They'd rather it... have somebody watching over uh, and making okay. sure that there's not bad things happening. Do you think that's Ed Kel? Do you think that's naive? Um, uh, for their age, yes. Um, they just don't know about you know the gray area yet. To uh, many kids. 
under the age of 25, a lot of things are still black and white, good and bad, yes and no. They haven't learned the gray areas and how that data can be used for other things other than when it was intended, you know. Well, you know, I grew up uh, with my parents having gone through World War II and knowing yeah. uh, what the Nazis and the propaganda and the control that happened there. Yeah. You go through the Soviet Union and the history there of what the Pravda and the KGB and these really oppressive types of government can do because, you know, at one time, over half of the employees in the Soviet Union were employed to spy and surveil the other, other people. <laughs> the other half. And, and oh. so, wow. giving that historical context that we grew up with, the generation that we have now, anybody who was born after, what, 1992 when the, uh, when the wall in... in uh, Germany came down, oh, yeah. they have no historical context right. of knowing what a tyrannical government right. can be about. So I I wanted to touch a little bit more on some of the other people who have eyes on us or ways that we're being watched, just to kind of get a sense of um, how much information. Uh, you mentioned the kids. How about the universities? What, you know, what the information they're gathering about the students? Oh, absolutely. There's, uh, I, I can't remember the application, but there are universities who are now deploying technology that track students' behaviors, where they go on campus, what they're doing, looking at their sleep patterns, looking at their video game playing. They can even correlate the friends that they're associating with, where they're associating with them, whether it's in the library or the dorm, and they're using big data and artificial intelligence to make correlations. The good side of this is that this uh, this program allows the colleges with a great degree of accuracy to recognize the students at risk and help advise them on yes. the behaviors that can help them stay in school. But from the standpoint, again, of using that information, uh, you know, we've had times when police officers have spied on their ex-spouse through some of the surveillance techniques and cameras. That's been abused. Certainly you don't want that happening, and you find out that about that after the fact. But imagine that student tracking system being used by an administrator, some IT geek, uh, to stalk another student, yeah, exactly. something of that yeah. nature. So the power of this information is just hugely consuming uh of some people who can abuse that information and use it not for the good purposes that it was created for. This, this is the difference, though. The cat's already out the bag. You know, they, They've already gathered all this information and they're gathering more every day. My question to you, Kasten, and to everyone else here right now, how can you live in today's world and not give them that information? Uh-huh. Well, even if you go... Uh, all cash, you're going to be tracked because your behavior is already there. There's a company based in Little Rock, Arkansas called Axiom, and it's a a strange spelling, A-C-X-I-O-M. They have amassed 40 years of data on us, and they're building that profile around us to sell to the automotive companies, to the retailers. There's some people who believe that that company is even even taking... uh, 
frequent flyer information, credit card spending information, and uh, Kroger cards and things like that in order to amass this information. Now, they deny that, and I'll take them at their word on that. But the idea that someone is is consuming all this information, and now with artificial intelligence, yes. being yeah. able to make correlations. How can we sell this information? <laughs> basically, yeah. oh, that's, that's what they're doing. Yeah. I know. Yeah. How well, can we package this and sell it? Go ahead. That's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, uh, they really are. They're, I've been in their vaults down there. The data center is just amazing, and that that's their business. Is they accumulate the information. I actually thought they were collecting frequent flyer information because that's pretty available. Wow. Uh, but any um, anything they can buy and turn around and resell, and they, you would not believe the um, operation that they have down there to do that. I, I Gary, I w- away in this little sleepy town in Arkansas. <laughs> It's we, not yeah. so sleepy anymore. I know. That, that's for, <laughs> Gary, when we come back, we got to take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk, I want you to talk a little bit about your visits to the vaults at, at Axiom. That sounds fascinating. And then, Casting, when we come back, let's talk about what we can do about that. Privacy, in to many ways, is, is out the window. So how do we deal with that? And, Cal, you touched on that before. We'll come back and continue that conversation with Casting Thomas and the rest of us here at the Internet Advisor in just a moment. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor. We're talking about uh, kind of a scary subject in some ways today, about all the all the eyes that are upon us. And you may think, well, I protect myself by just not... Uh, we were dealing with cash, for instance, Caston Thomas was talking about before. By the way, Caston uh, is both one of our tech experts, and he's here today in his role as the CEO and founder of Interworks, which is a company out in Rochester, Michigan, that deals with major corporations, universities, and large organizations, and finding measures to secure them. And so, Caston, let's cast an eye towards us in just a moment about how we can secure us. But, Gary, i got to get you to talk about your visit to the vaults at Axiom. That is sounded fascinating. <laughs> so, I mean, it's a big, very, very protected data center. Uh, but it's, it's good size. And their sole purpose for existence is to collect data in all sorts of ways. They'll buy it if they have to, uh, but they swap uh, relationships to get data. And the goal is to accumulate it, integrate it with other data that they have, and sell that out as profiles. 
Um, now, they say they don't do that often, that they really just sell the individual streams of data. Yeah, okay, that's because people will buy that. That's the cheapest way. But uh, there's, um, it's amazing, and they've been doing this for, like, Cassim, you said 40 years? Yeah, that's one of their selling points is that yeah. they have 40 years of data. Wow. That's just, and it was a sleepy little town where? That was Arkansas, you said? Yeah, Little Little Rock, Arkansas, I think, is where it's at. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, but if you've been to R- Little Rock lately, it's not sleepy it's anymore. Not sleepy it's sleepy anymore. Not, <laughs> there's a lot going on there. Well, it's, a, it's in a very nondescriptive building. Yes. Uh, well, I would imagine it would want to be. Good yeah, Lord. Yeah. And what you're talking about is like an enormous server farms, I would imagine. Right. So yeah, when you're talking they, about the vault. They not only import it, and they import it all the time. So you can get fairly up-to-date data. Now, I've not been there in probably six, seven years, mm. uh, but it was amazing Lord. how fast they could get the data and, and marry it to your profiles. Oh, that is good. Yeah, yeah. Ed, Ed's criminal record. I'm sure record it's be better there. today. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, Kasten, uh, let's, you know, we I may scare the pants off people, but, uh, you know, one response would be, the conspiracist kind of thing. Sure. And there are people out there who, who do that, don't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sometimes people with too much time on their hands. Sometimes, yeah, I I have long, uh, I guess, for lack of a better word, been amused, uh, well, fascinated with conspiracy theories. Oh, and and I love that old adage is uh, just because it's a theory doesn't mean it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> and at the very heart of the conspiracy theories. Yeah, exactly. And I fancy myself as an observer. So oh, okay. I, I like asking the what if and not reaching the conclusions. I think that's what <laughs> separates me from the conspiracy theorist is, is I'm fascinated by it yeah. as much as I'm uh, convinced by it. Well, one of the things well, that... Can, the, go ahead. The, go interesting ahead. Part, the interesting part about what Kasten does is he is really on the cutting edge of security. So where a lot of us that play in the security roles, um, we'll take something that's fairly well proven. He'll go out and find the, the young, small, you know, wonderfully tech-oriented entrepreneur and and bring that kind of up into the marketplace. And uh, so when when Cassid speaks about what's to come, he knows. <laughs> yeah, and it's not just that. One of the things that we do that we vet with our vendors is look at the track record of the founders and the executives and the venture capital that's behind them. So, you know, if the former CEO and founder of Checkpoint or F5 yeah. or yeah. Malwarebytes is creating a new venture... Uh, if Elon Musk is putting money behind it, that mm. gives a certain level of credibility that forward thinkers are working with these things. Where is the money going? Oh, the money's going into the Internet of Things. It's going uh-huh. into artificial intelligence. It's going into collaboration and automation. That's where the big venture capital is going right now. And it's addressing things like the shortage of of really qualified, experienced uh, security architects and security uh-huh. analysts. Because 
the one thing that artificial intelligence does better than anything is recognize patterns and anomalies in patterns. Well, when you're talking about data crossing a wire or people doing things inside an organization, you can all distill it down into patterns and recognize those patterns and notice when something doesn't seem right. Wow. So that's that's where so much money is going now. Is it? Uh, am I right in thinking that uh, China is really way ahead of us in terms of AI? Absolutely not. And oh, I heard, okay. I heard what I think it was Jeff Bezos said that the Chinese and the Russians are going to take. Or you know what? We've got Google, we've got Amazon, and we've got tons of really really smart people. So okay. I don't know where he pulled that out of his. Okay. <laughs> but one of the things we do want to talk about is how to protect ourselves. Yes. Yes. And I would say a couple of things. Uh, uh, uninstall Facebook and as many Google apps from your mobile do- devices as possible. Really? Uh, when you look at the usage policies and what you're giving up when you're doing that, it's amazing. Turn your Fitbit off. Uh, if, if you're having uh, a romantic time and you're wearing a Fitbit, that information is going to the cloud. If you have a sleep monitor or these pillows <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, or sheets oh, that are goodness. monitoring activity, you know, turn them off, unplug them. Uh, Google has an opt-out site where you can uh, turn off certain tracking. Uh, uh, Axiom actually has an opt-out site where you can hide some of your information. But they you know, most off. of us just don't know about those things. You do, of course. Well, that's why I'm here. Like, exactly. <laughs> no extra charge. I think like what, what, what Ed was saying, the young people don't even care. It's like, yeah, who cares? And again, that's their historical reference. Something's yeah. going to wake us up, and hopefully it's not something really bad and, and irreversible. <laughs> well, well, yeah. well, the question I have for Kasten and Gary, because they, they, they are closer to this sort of thing than I am, these large data warehouses that are accumulating this information, does that include personal and medical information as well? Oh, and yeah. what are their liabilities if they lose that? Because unlike when I go to my doctor and I signed over you know, rights for them to use it, these warehouses, Hell, I didn't not, sign over anything. They're there. not losing it. They're selling it. <laughs> <laughs> they're just telling people not to disclose it. I've, there's the conspiracy theorist. In <laughs> if a hospital loses your information, if your physician loses your information, there are penalties, and they can pay dearly for that. Uh, if Target or Equifax loses your information, that's my concern about Axiom, is we look at the data that was lost in Equifax. Oh, there's yeah. There's no penalties to the executives other than from their shareholders. I mean, the irresponsibility should be criminal uh, yeah. to, to yeah. go after that because if Axiom loses that data, if you look at the data that was held by the Republican Party, they had correlations of who your friends are, correlations of what's your likely church attendance, where do you go to church, who do you associate. I mean, the idea that they had two volumes of the entire Encyclopedia Britannica on each and every one of us registered voters is just mind-boggling. You know what? Google probably has 10 times that amount of information on us because they're monitoring social media. They're monitoring all these things and correlating those things that we're putting out there for free. But what do you, what do you said, shut off Facebook on your mobile device? I mean, there's something inside of you that said, what? 
because disconnect myself from a network of friends. Well, on the mobile device, because Facebook is monitoring what applications you're using, what you have loaded. They're map- mapping out your GPS. Google's doing that, but how do you turn that off? Yeah. One of the things that you can do, and this will limit the amount of information only to Google, because Google's taking your history of where you've been, yeah. even when you're not online. But when I leave the house very often, or when I go into retail, because a third of all retailers are tracking this now, they're tracking your Wi-Fi ID and your Bluetooth. Mm-hmm. And so... If you go into a McDonald's, McDonald's knows it. If you go to another McDonald's, McDonald's knows it. So they can build a profile around your activity. And there's actually companies out there that are signing up multiple retailers so that you can know and correlating with what Axiom is doing now, they can map your online behaviors and the ads that they're pushing to you based on where you have been out in the physical Yikes. world. So Yikes. if you go to a Harley Davidson <laughs> dealer, they know it. They know it. Kasten, thanks so much for scaring the daylights out of us. I'm we'll, glad I could do it. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have to pursue this more as we uh, go on with our program. But right now we're going to take a quick break because Mike Brennan is coming up with uh, MI Tech News headlines. And he's got some interesting ones in there as well, like um, an app on your smartphone to tell you what to do when a ballistic missile is headed your way. I just cruise out into the Atlantic, I think. I think that's my plan. Yeah, you could escape that way. Okay. So imagine the ads that come. We're not online, are we now? I hope not. (laughs) So Fitbit can know how how often and how long you're making love. Oh, man, that is gross. (laughs) How about taking a dump? You know, probably it's the same thing. Oh, Lord. They, they can monitor that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> you guys heard about the uh, Japanese cryptocurrency was hacked? Yes. $500 yes, a half a billion. Do you hear about dollars. the one in Canada? <laughs> Some physical thieves went into a Bitcoin exchange, held them at uh, gunpoint, trying to get them to give up their Bitcoins. I guess they did. I didn't hear how it turned out, but I read something that said maybe they didn't realize that bitcoins weren't really coins. Oh, God. You know, that would be a great Canadian joke, eh? <laughs> Where are the bitcoins, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wish I could get that, that headline. I'm here. Okay, my good. Glad to see you there. All righty. We're getting ourselves together here. You all set? All set. Well, if you're ready, I'll okay. go ahead and fire this up. Fire it up. Go on. And... 
now back to the Internet Advisor. Once again, your hosts, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. Welcome once again to the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown and company here along with Gary Baker. And it's time in the program for us to check in with Mike Brennan, the editor of MI Tech News, and take a look at some of the headlines that are in MI Tech News this week. Mike, how are you doing today? Great, glorious day. Got a lot done, non-work related, so it was wonderful. Yeah, so. <laughs> that is really good. Hey, let's take a look at some of your headlines because there are some really interesting ones here. Uh, one that I noticed was there is a record leap in the years 2014 to 2016 in global temperatures, and it's been the biggest leap in temperatures since 1900. Yeah, listen to this statistic. The Earth's average surface temperature climbed 1.6 degrees Fahrenheit from the year 1900 to 2013. Now, in 2014 through 16, it increased by another 0.43 degrees Fahrenheit. Wow, huh? Yikes, in just that short time. Yeah. Yeah, you wonder when somebody is going to take global warming seriously. Well, and, and now they're saying about because of the thawing taking place up in the Arctic and Antarctic, additional carbon dioxide is being released from the thawed, uh, you know, yep. decaying matter. Yeah. Yeah, and they don't even know what, there could be all sorts of interesting stuff in that ice that's been frozen for, <laughs> what, millions of years. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah were, it all sounds like a horror story, doesn't it? You yeah, know? yeah, they, they were talking about viruses that might be rekindled. Oh my! You know, oh, we need a good, good freeze. I mean, a long freeze. Another ice age is was well, that'll cure things. By the way, who did that study, Mike? Uh, University of Michigan that led oh. it, and there was folks from the University of Arizona. So this is a collegiate study, meaning you know nobody has an axe to grind or anything like that. Yeah, it's just yeah. tell it like it is, you know. So. Wow, that's fascinating. This next one, I couldn't help but laugh. And we were talking about, you know, having tin hats on in the last segment. Uh, but the, it's what to do when your smartphone tells you a ballistic missile is headed your way. Yes, our good friends at CNET, I uh, borrowed their story. I uh, hyped it here. But as everybody knows, it was like, I don't know, 38 minutes or 40 minutes or something that everybody's smartphones, including visitors in Honolulu, probably all over the islands, it said to them, a ballistic missile is incoming. This is not a drill. Oh, my <laughs> Lord. Uh, so, and it was a mistake. Somebody in the communications area for, you know, emergency stuff hit the wrong switch. Oh, now, my God. Yeah, and, and, think and, about that. I and, mean, and, if, if Trump had been all over that, he could have seen that as a provocation, and he could have launched missiles. I mean, oh, that's how scary yeah, that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I have a, I have a friend that... Uh, heard that they were on vacation in hawaii and took cover they tried to to get in out of the way of wherever they could and 38 minutes later uh after trembling trying to figure out uh what's going to happen 38 minutes later they found out oh well it was just just a mistake no no they, they found out right away within five minutes, but the governor lost their password and had to get it recovered. That's why they took thirty, the additional 32 no. minutes. Yes. Yeah, it just oh. gets worse and worse. You know? so, uh, oh, my God. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, yeah, so anyway, if you go to, that, uh, go to my website, there's a story there. It has a really nice FAQ from CNET. But essentially, if a ballistic missile is coming in, I guess you just pour yourself a stiff drink and wait, right? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, the, the thing I'd really like to know is in nine months, 
this when they run a statistic. Is the birth rate uh, accelerated? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Gary yeah. says he'll motor out into the Atlantic, right? <laughs> yeah, that's my that's my plan. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, another one. Uh, this is kind of an interesting one. The, another headline you have there was a U of M study finds yep. that vehicle ownership and miles driven is rising. Yeah. Uh, but not as high as it was way back when. I mean, yeah. it, it's, we, if we go back to 2006, we're still below that. But it's it's been a nice upward trend after the debacle that we had in the first decade in this state where we just got hammered. So, I mean, now people are buying cars again. Uh, it's not up to where it was in 2006, but it's certainly advancing. Yeah, I was around. Matter of fact, for that, it was that was the cusp for us just before things crashed. Um, was the uh, incredible sales that were going on, and we all at that time I was working for a company called Daimler Chrysler. Heard of them? And yeah. uh, you heard of them? And uh, the thought going around was, how long can this continue? This you know yeah. bubble cannot get. I mean, how many people are buying new? How many new cars can people buy? And eventually, it's going to receive. And uh, we're shortly after that that we went through that uh, enormous crash. Hopefully that doesn't happen. Mike, and on uh, the flips, and on yeah, the flip side, that was a four-year depression. I've never gone through a four-year depression. Yep. That was really hard, you know. Yeah, I lost a lot during that time, including you know a job, and uh, it was a, it was a really challenging time for us as a family. So uh, yeah, I agree with you. That was a hard time. Uh, Mike, uh, MI Tech News is a free service that you have. Uh, tell people about how often it comes out. Well, it's on 24-7. I mean, you come to the website, yep. you can uh, listen to the show. You can listen to my show with Matt uh, Rausch. You can listen to a number of shows that I partner with because we have those podcasts anchored there. You can watch videos and catch your news that way. And then on, on Wednesdays and Fridays, we send out a, an email newsletter blast to about 5,000 folks, which includes uh, emails that you provided and Gary provided and I did and people who have since signed up. So... It keeps me busy. <laughs> I bet it does. You also, I notice, uh, have a video assets on, in there now. And uh, as a matter of fact, we have linked on, we are looking at one uh, to talk about for today. Oh, on IoT Tech Connect, you mean? Yes. yes. I think you're allowing me to put in a shameless plug. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, yeah, uh, Rick Becker from Cloud Tech One and I have been working on this for about 10 months. And uh, so on uh, April 4th at the Troy Marriott, we're having this uh, big event that's focused on Michigan IoT. Uh, the Planet M folks from MEDC are the title sponsor. Tanya Matthews from the Michigan Science Center is our MC. We're going to have STEM training, autonomous vehicles, connected tech, VR, AR, and everybody's going to be able to play with the stuff, take a look at the stuff, and it's all going to be Michigan stuff. That's cool. So, yeah, we're we're going we're to be there as well. I'll be there with a little display for the Internet Advisor. And uh, we look forward to greeting people as they come to this IO, IoT Tech Connect. It's yep. uh, going to be a great time. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for being with us. Well, thanks, Foster. Always a, always a great time talking to you and even Captain Gary. So. <laughs> Have yourself a good Thank weekend. You, <laughs> All right. Talk to you later. Uh, take Bye-bye. care. That's Mike okay. Brennan, the editor of... Uh, MI Tech News, and again, you can get that uh, sent to you free of charge twice a week by going to MITechnews.com and putting in your email address, uh, and you're on your way to receiving it. Kasten, before we wrap things up, um, I know you focus, and we've got maybe, oh, 
a minute or two here at the end. Um, talk about what you do for major companies in terms of protecting them. Sure. Uh, we've amassed a database and we analyze uh, the 10 or 20 companies that are coming into the market providing information security technologies. Mm. Uh, we evaluate those and we've established some triggers that say, hey, here's something that you really need to look at. One, because the technology is positively disruptive. I yep. used to say it was disruptive and people go, uh-oh, <laughs> but positively <laughs> disruptive. But they also uh, have a unique solution that solves real problems that the market and our customers are looking for. And additionally, they have the kind of venture capital and executive leadership yeah. that sets them apart that says, you know, this is going to it's be. Gonna it's going to last. And we've got a track record of identifying these companies that go back. But now that we have a methodical process for how to categorize those, prioritize them, and analyze them, we, we're finding some really good things before anybody else does. That's excellent. By the way, that business is called Interworks, and it's based in Rochester, Michigan. Caston is the boss there, one of the founders. It's good to have you. Actually, I work for everybody else there. You work for everybody <laughs> else. <laughs> but it's good to have you on our team now with one of our tech experts Glad on a regular basis. So you got the, the eyes of Caston are upon you. Hey, Kasten. Kasten, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Um, do you know anything about Controls Force? Controls Force? Yes. They're out of Livonia. Okay. They had a, they contacted us at Cyber, and they want a partner, HCC Cyber. Okay. I'll take a look. Okay. Hey, thanks. I'm going to sign off. Okay, guys. Thank right, you, Gary. Good to have you I'll with us. Thanks, Gary. Week. Bye-bye. All right. Bye now. Why, hey, Gear. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, right. You're absolutely right. Okay, now, um, Cal, I'll try to keep an eye on that line. The crosser, I think, gave that line out to our listeners. Yeah, one of our listeners. So he may call in. We don't know. Well, Gary's line, Gary's line is open now. So we'll bring him up on that line. Uh, 800-859-0957. Is that the... I give them both. The 800 and the 313-875-4480. Yeah, it should be. It should be. Oh. oh, I should have given them those, huh? Yeah, because yeah, we tried that last time. Hey, okay, what's Hagee's number? I can I can tell him, um, what's his name? I was watching the board. Try this one that we got on here on the screen. Lighten up. And it's lighting up on your board, too. Yeah. Oh, my, oh my word. Did you just did you just do that to me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. Good, it lights up. 
All right, I'm going to tell him in case the call for, comes through on 800 or the the local line that he has to pass him over here. Yeah. So which now? So you're going to collect all the money and purchase that thing at the store? Yeah. Yeah. And then we need it for the it's the four, right? That would show it. Right. Unless, you know, someone drove from Griffith. I think it's next week. Oh, we should, no. we should ask Gary. No, no. Oh, yeah, I did see. Yeah, officially he wants to celebrate it on the air uh, live, on a live program. Okay. So I don't know if he, if Foster was just uh, talking about the guests or was he talking about the cake and everything else. Well, we'll ask Gary. We'll ask Gary. Well, I wrote back to Foster and said we need to see it above. Okay, good. He's going to watch for that call in case it comes in. So I, I don't know if will or not. No, I don't know. And what I got to do is, I'm going to try to look ahead to the MSU basketball schedule. Okay. And are we going to celebrate our your 20th anniversary on a live program only with the cake and everything else? Yeah. Well, here's what I'm thinking of doing: is that we're going to take the whole month. Let's discuss this and see what you think. I, I really am open to your suggestions on this. I'm thinking we just declare the whole month of February our anniversary month. Okay? Okay. Uh, with the next program. I see we don't, I just don't know if we're going to be live. That's, that's the problem. And I don't know if Mike does either. Now, no, never mind. It's an ad. Um, and then what we'll do is just kind of talk about it during uh, what I was thinking of is we could maybe, you know, have some people call in and I could record them, you know, at home on Skype and do like, you know, a three minute call from somebody. Congratulations. And then if I get like Leo Laporte or somebody like that, that I can get, you know, like that we can't get for the show. Anyway, stockpile those and then just drop them into the show if it's recorded or if it's live, but then wait for the live program during the month. Hopefully, please God will have one. And I'm going to, you know, put a plea into weekly and to Tom O'Brien to give us the, you know, two hours of live show sometime this month so that we can, you know, celebrate it on the, on on the air. Mm -hmm. And then, um, but the challenge is not knowing when that is. Yep, yep. But I'm thinking it's just taking the whole month rather than trying to focus on next week, you know, being it, and then finding out that we're bumped. You know, I don't want that happening if we possibly can. Um, okay, no, that's good. Okay, so, in, uh, by the way, if you have some suggestions, guys, the three of you, yeah. for people to invite, you know, for that, and it'll be just a little clip, like a three-minute clip, they don't have to be a you know full guest on the show with us, unless we get somebody you know really uh, heavyweight that we could bring in for a segment. Yeah. Um, the list I gave you, I would add Doug Song. The... Yeah, Doug Song's been on with us too. Yeah, he would. I'll email uh, Wozniak 
and see if you'll do it too. That might work something like that. I thought Gary already did this with his own hair. Oh, did he? Well, I know you're you're approaching it from the Mac world. Maybe you've got a you know an ag, an avenue through Terry. Maybe there's an avenue through him. Yeah, but if it's a three minute blur, oh, three minute blur. Three minute blur. Yeah, yeah. I can yeah, I can do it straight off. Yeah. Sure. Okay. The other thing is maybe they have Terry. You know. Um, yeah, Terry White. So out of, out of the out of the Mac world, you've got people that you could you know. Um, um, you could call on. And then, Ed, you, you know, if you know some people that just, mm-hmm. you know, guess that. I'd like to have Dyroff back on. Oh, I would too. Well, Matter of fact, if there. I'd like to have him in studio here, Dyroff would be a hoot. Tom Dyroff. He, he was. He was the original tech. Tech expert we had. Okay. I know Vince Dyroff, the network guy or security guy that worked at Chrysler. Tom worked with the University of Michigan, didn't he? He did for a while after the show because he remember he left the show because he had a small business. That's right. And he had his own hardware store doing computers and he just couldn't dedicate the time to us and his his shop eventually just collapsed. Uh, you know, pe- people demanding too much, going down to Best Buy. Yep, yep. You know, they just yep. didn't want uh, stuff that Shane deals with all the time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you got to find your own niche and grab it tight. Yeah. What about Scott? What's Scott's name? He headed up Sun Microsystems and he was up in Birmingham. Oh. Um, Gary knows a lot of those names. Yeah. He's got, he can pull them out of his hat. Oh, no, 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 no. Pull it out of the hat. Oh, I got you. Yes, yes. Don't even put it in the hat. No, I give her three minutes, max. Is that the eBay lady? No. Oh, no, the eBay lady. She would be good. She'd be fun, yeah. She's doing other stuff But it'd be fun to get her back on. Oh, Terry Takai, yeah. Yeah. And then Gary and I just chatted a couple times, and I spent one minute with him and says, you know exactly what you're doing. Let me just write down the domain and everything else, and then you could just set up your own damn computer. And he sort of liked that. Because <laughs> you, know, you know, when you you could realize real quick that you could talk shorthand to someone. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And I found that out with Gary. So. Okay. Oh, Go ahead. Blackberries or Androids and but then not the security. An iPhone. iPhone only 
Yeah, Matt came out with it with the version of the Infinite War uh, by the way, in your segment today, we're going to talk about the up the upgrades uh, to iOS. We can talk about that. We, can, we can even talk about something called uh, one of those speaker things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. All right, all right. We got this. Okay, Ed, we're going to start with you. We're going to admit it. We're going to do the minute, and then... Uh... I thought you already did the minute. No, I haven't done the minute yet. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Thank you for joining us for our number two of the Internet Advisor, for those of you who are joining us on our podcast or listening to us on the Michigan Talk Radio Network, we're delighted to have you with us. We have an hour of the tech experts. And for those of you who have sent us email, we're going to be giving some answers of the questions you ask. And then we'll be looking at uh, Apple and things that are going on there and all sorts of good stuff coming up this hour of the Internet Advisor. to the Internet Advisor. Once again, your hosts, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. As I said, this second hour is the hour of the Tech Advisors. Uh, when we're live on our flagship station, WJR, uh, we are opening with our phone lines to your questions, and we take people's calls and get them as much help as we possibly can in the little time that we have. But uh, you can also, during the week, simply go to internetadvisor.net and there's a contact us button there. Click on that and it will allow you to send us an email with your questions. And Mr. Ed Rudell is here, our tech expert. Ed, uh, you're leading things off because we got uh, a question sent in to us by Bill Osborne about... Uh, an aging Dell XPS laptop. Well, I was really excited when I first saw this because, you know, what am I working on right now? I'm working on a Dell XPS. But you have to realize that Dell, the XPS, they have two different product lines. They have a desktop and a laptop, and they have many generations of each. So what Bill had was a Dell XPS, and he finally mo mailed us in the model number, which is an M1330. And what happened was is that he went out. It originally shipped with Vista. He, he decided to go out and buy a Windows 10 license and install it. And initially it worked well until the last Microsoft Creators Update came oh. and installed, which then caused all sorts of problems, slowness, crashing, um, 
let's see. Uh, yeah, he's had nothing but problems since that done. And that's just typical of Microsoft creators updates. Because not only is it updating applications on that thing, but it's also updating drivers and it's misidentifying drivers on older systems. Usually the fix is to go to the manufacturer's website um, and download um, updated video, networking, wireless, yeah, right. um, uh, chipsets, that type of thing. Maybe USB ports. See if the manufacturer has any updated drivers. If they don't, just download all the Windows 10 drivers provided by the manufacturer. Heck, even download the Windows 8 drivers if that's all it will support, if that's all the manufacturer yeah, supporting. Yeah. They'll still install in Windows 10 and usually take care of the problem with the laptop or a desktop um, where a creator's updates has crashed. Even that, Even one that old? Well, that's the thing. Dell does not, on an M1330, they, the, they only provide Windows 7 drivers. It's the highest they'll go to. Oh. So what, unfortunately, Bill, where the circumstance yours is in, you're either going to have to do a system restore back to the creative update or prior to the creative update. Right. And, um, and hopefully get it working and then, t- you know, tell Microsoft never to provide that update, but good luck with that because you'll be yeah. missing all these other security updates. Yeah, yeah. Um, it might be time to retire this computer and get a new one. You know, uh, unless, well, there is one other option, and I tried spelling it out, but it's very difficult to do. What you could do is you can write, go into Device Manager and look at each individual device listed in the Device Manager, like the video card. Is it Intel HD 830? Mm-hmm. You know, what is the, the network card? Is it a, it's probably an Intel 6220, right, you know, right. something like that. Yeah. You can actually go to the Intel website and download chip-specific drivers that work across many manufacturers' platforms. In yeah. the company I work for, we roll this out because we have both Dells and HPs, but many of them use the exact same um, uh, wireless and wired chips in there. Mm-hmm. And you, you can roll them across multiple platforms and different manufacturers, and they work. Um, mm. But the, the trick is to go to the manufacturer yeah, like yeah. Intel or AMD, depending but on... that's um, asking an awful lot. I would have a difficult time <laughs> yeah, to, a, locating those. You'd have to love to tinker, I think, in many ways, you, you know, to... Well, and that's what a lot of our listening audience are. They consider <laughs> themselves tinkerers, and darn it, I'm going to fix this problem. Yeah, exactly. And good luck to them. But uh, <laughs> it, it might be very difficult in this instance. And it seems like, uh, I don't know, and it can disagree if not, uh, but it seems like when you, when you start to deal with trying to increase the longevity of a product that's probably been out longer than it should be, uh, this you, has have, to be. you have to be a tinkerer. You have to be a yeah, thinker because yeah. if the company says, "Well, we're no longer going to support this," or we've moved on to newer product and stuff like that, now you got to go out and you got to hunt for the drivers. You got to get find the drivers that are going to work. You got to try one, and maybe that driver might work. It might not work, and that sort of thing. Maybe you had to put on a previous driver before you put on that driver. So you become a tinkerer when you try to get the longevity out of a machine but I, further than it should be. Yeah, I will, uh, go ahead. I've looked on, uh, you could buy one of these computers, the Dell XPS M1330 mm-hmm. for $50 used. Oh, I'm wow. not kidding. Wow. That's how old this is. Yeah. It's eight years old, or and it, it, but that's without a hard drive, you know? Yeah. But, you know, coming back to the tinker comment, Yeah. whenever I tinker, my problem is I don't know how to untinker. <laughs> That's true. How do I untink? And and I've learned that lesson. A lot of times, what I'll do is I'll create a system image of my entire thing to an external hard drive, yeah. just in case. 
And that's what System Restore was so good at. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and it's also the mantra, Cal's mantra, which is backup, 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 backup. Right. You know, and if you're doing that on a regular basis, then you can tinker all you want and you've got something to go back to. No, not for me, because <laughs> if I do multiple backups, then I restore one, and then I rename it, and I forget which one uh, it is. Okay, I can't happen. find the one that I really want. <laughs> I know. Okay, I got you. I've had that happen well, as well. The other thing that I saw that was really interesting is that um, uh, Burger King has jumped into the net neutrality oh. by releasing a YouTube video um, um, concerning that and giving like the consumer viewpoint as if you're trying to buy a Big Mac. So search YouTube. Well, well, I think we have the link on the Internet Advisor website. It's I'll make sure we have video. it up there, yeah. It is hilarious. It is absolutely the best. It is the <laughs> best. I love watching this. You know, where, where Burger King basically says, you want to pay more for that burger? Well, you got to wait 15 minutes if, if you don't. <laughs> so if you want to pay $50 for a, a Whopper... But, you know, if you want to get chicken, that's fine. We can do that right now because that's what we're pushing right now. <laughs> but if you go to a high-end restaurant, they've got the good tables <laughs> for, the, for the big spenders. That is, that is, it's a very practical expression of what net neutrality is all about. Okay, back in just a moment, Cal's going to come up to the plate. He's got something to say about Apple. Okay. That's okay. I, I would, yeah, okay. I know, I, I, maybe I started late. I can always uh, add a little uh, noise on the end to make it fresh. All right, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, let's see here, we're going to do a rejoin and set the clock. And run, turn my pot on. Now back to the Internet Advisor. Once again, your hosts, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. Well, it's been a while since we've heard from the gray-haired wonder, uh, the <laughs> Mr. Cal Carson, who is our expert on all things Apple. Uh, we could call this the report from the orchard with Cal how you doing, Cal? It's good to have you back with us. Yet another juicy segment. <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Things have been going just fine. And, and, and like I said, uh, it, I've been away for a little bit, but I'm, I'm really glad to be back here and uh, being able to share some time with you guys. Uh, because uh, you're the only friends I have. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. <laughs> but uh, you've got uh, uh, um, a good deal to talk about this week in terms of uh, changes to operating systems, I know, for Apple. Well, yeah, uh, we've had, uh, uh, it seems like it's scary, but it seems like darn near every other week we're getting a new update uh, for the iOS on the uh, iOS devices. And uh, now we're all the way up to, if I'm not mistaken, 11.2.2 I have on one device. And I think they just announced 11.2.5 the other day. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's, you know, these are uh, devices that you need to update if you have an iPad or iPhone right. or even your Apple TV. They all run on iOS. So you're going to want to do the updates for all those different things. A lot of the... Uh, components in these updates have a lot to do with uh features for the iphone 10 
Uh, but they also are starting to trickle some of those features down toward some of the other iPhones. Uh, for yeah. example, the wallpapers that were exclusively for the iPhone 10 are now trickling down to iPhone 8 and iPhone 7 as well. I mean, that's a lot of cosmetic stuff. How about in terms of, um, you know, uh, operate, um, some of the applications that are in there? Well, some of the things that I noticed that, that I thought were kind of interesting, uh, and I didn't notice this that happened uh, with 11.1, but uh, iOS 11.1 actually broke the calculator on the phone. Oh, really? And 11.2 fixed it back again, which is good to see as well. Uh, in the Apple TV app uh, with uh, the newest update, you now have a tab for live sports. Oh. So if you like to follow sports and that sort of thing, you can get into that really, really easily with the uh, new update on there. Um there was some things as far as the controls for Bluetooth and Wi-Fi for indicators. Mm-hmm. When you have them disabled, they have different colors now. So it's easy at a glance to be able to tell whether you actually have that Bluetooth turned off, or, and that's the reason why it's not pairing in your car. One of the things I think I saw, Cal, was that there's been this hullabaloo about uh, Apple slowing down some oh, of the you- older computers. Is it true that I thought I saw that with the newest update coming and this will be not just for iphone 10 but for the other ones leading up to it that you'll be able to modify that they'll get they're going to give you a certain level of tweaking that you can do to that situation but a lot of what they were doing with the slowdown was based upon the age of the battery and the phone and how it was delivering the power to the cpu and the best fix in that particular case is to just go in and get your phone checked out. If your battery's spunk, uh, you know, not doing that well, then uh, go ahead and get it replaced for that $29 fee that they're offering right now, which is really a good oh, deal. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. Matter of fact, uh, it, uh, they've, I had heard that they actually ran out of batteries, so they had reduced the price if you're willing to wait a little while, and you can get that battery replaced for 29 bucks. Wow. But if I pay more, can I get it immediately? <laughs> <laughs> you can if you go to Burger King. <laughs> I was going to say, it would take me a whole weekend to collect that many bottles to be able to afford $29. <laughs> it's normally a repair that's, I think it's either 59 bucks or, 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 yeah, or at least. something like that. So you can yeah. save a few dollars by dealing with that. There is even, from what I read in one particular article, there is even an instance where if the battery performance has affected the phone to a certain point, they will replace the entire phone. Wow. Because they don't have the batteries right now, they'll just say, here's a new phone, go. So... Uh, it's willing. If you're having those issues, take it in, have them check it out. It doesn't cost anything. Just set up a, an appointment with the, the Apple technician, take it in, and see whether or not uh, they can take care of you. So, Cal, is there a good application that I can run on my iPhone that will give me a battery status so that I can watch the battery? Let's say I ran that once a month so I could say, oh, it's really starting to affect and confirm what my perception is. Yeah, which we can phone. do with Android. I think you can follow battery usage a little better, can't you? I'm, yeah. I'm sure they probably got an application like that. I'm going to be quite honest with you, Kasten. I'm not having a problem, so I didn't even bother pursuing it. <laughs> but you know something? I should look into it because I know on the Mac itself, 
Coconut Battery was an application you could download that would give you a full assessment of what your battery was doing. Oh, yeah. How many cycles yeah. it had on it, how many cycles there were left to do, and that sort of thing. So there I were will, quite a few applications, actually, for the Mac itself. Yeah, so I'm going to put that on my list to look up and see if I can find one of that so I can give you an answer. Yeah, but you I'll know expect what? the text from you before midnight tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Even though Android does provide the ability to track what is using all your CPU time or battery usage, a lot of times it's just it's useless information. I mean, if it says, hey, it's Outlook or Facebook, that's one thing. But when it says Google Play Services, you're screwed. <laughs> you know, you know, it's just downloading updates. I, I had Google Play Services using 75% of my battery life. Wow. It didn't do anything. It, it was constantly looking for updates and I couldn't stop it. I told it not to update anything. I, and what I ended up having to do, because it, it must, something was corrupt. I had to reboot my phone. Rebooted my phone, and everything went back to normal. And I, it's something about the Google. Anyways, good luck. I, I mean, it, once you have the information, it's hell trying to figure out what to do with it. I'm seeing an article from Computer World that says that uh, Apple has confirmed that iOS 11.3 will introduce new battery health controls in the settings. So you will have, apparently, more control there. Now, how much battery life should we get on these things? You know, I'm thinking, what, 10 years? Well, is, that, is that is that pie in the sky? I'm just well, it's a lithium ion battery, and that's a big, that is a huge pie. <laughs> that's a big, that's a big pizza I, pie. I love pie. You looked over and you saw the look of disbelief when you said ten years. <laughs> Whoa! I want ten years out of my laptop batteries. Hell, you're lucky if you get four years out of a laptop oh, yeah. battery. I might. So, Jenny's batteries probably going, what yeah. a year, uh, two years. You'd probably think the life of your your usually. I you know what I'm guessing? I, maybe this is a little concept. cynical on my part that. It's it's gauged so that you are um, more inclined to buy the next round of iPhone every two years. Tinfoil, 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 tinfoil. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know something. I, I agree. That's been my pattern. You know, captive I, I, audience, I, I, captive I, audience. I'm <laughs> gonna I'm gonna agree with you to a point, and that is this, Foster, and that is. Generally speaking, the contract you would sign with your carriers for yes. two years. Yes, exactly. So exactly. why wouldn't you not make the device last for the duration of the contract so that you can lock them into the next and, one? And when I hear, and a matter of fact, I think, uh, Ed, you were the one who came up with this information about, uh, or was it, Kel, that during the hurricane, Tesla was able to remotely extend the battery life? On, on, their, on their vehicles it, and on their remote homes, you know, the whole house... Uh, power systems. Yes. Caster, was that yours? It was me. Oh, it was you. Okay. <laughs> okay, you came up with that. So, I mean, what we see is they have more and more of these companies have the ability to remotely affect the performance of the the uh, devices that we have. Well, just like Apple was able to remotely, you know, affect uh, the <laughs> CPUs on, on, on those machines. It, it, yeah, exactly. You, you're exactly. just buying into, you, when you buy into an ecosystem, you get the good and the bad with it. That, you know, that's just the way it goes. So, so what else is up with Apple? I mean, I, I heard they released some sort of uh, cube, Borg cube or something. Borg cube. <laughs> they actually released a, a, <laughs> they released a new sound device. It, it, it is a uh, it's a speaker that uh, is it, it that you can talk to just like Alexa, and you can play your music through resistance it. Resistance is futile. And sort of thing. <laughs> the only difference that I have found with Dave, this speaker. Dave, open the door. <laughs> 
Sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, 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 it took three tries to get it. We got him. You got, got me. You got me. What can I say? I, I just you know, how about we talk about do. that when we come back? Yeah, we we'll, ought to do that. In, in depth. Oh, we'll talk to it in depth for sure. <laughs> More about the home. Was it HomePod? HomePod, yes. HomePod. We'll talk about that when we come back about Apple with Kel Carson and the rest of the crew here are tech experts on the Internet Advisor. That's just fun making him crack up like that. <laughs> <laughs> you got me good there. I hadn't started my clock on time, so I didn't know where we were. Well, we, were we did 10 minutes. Good, good, good. Thank you. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm still trying to remember the entire board speech. One second. We will assimilate you. We will take your technology and incorporate it with our own. Uh, well, how does the rest of it go? I'm just looking oh, up no, on the, the net. Borg, I bet the board speech is there. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Should I start this up again? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Now back to the Internet Advisor. Once again, your hosts, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor. This is our uh, tech expert segment. Uh, we're talking about uh, Apple right now. And Kel Carson is, of course, back with us in studio. We're delighted to have him here. And a matter of fact, he's doing double duty engineering as well. Thanks so much for that, Cal. Oh, where else could I have so much fun for so little money? <laughs> and uh, Cal, we've been talking about Apple and some of the things that are coming down the line with their uh, their new uh, update to the um, uh, remote, the mobile devices, 11 point... Well, it's up to 11.2.5 now. Is it 0.5? Okay, yes. okay. I was saying 0.3. In any case, uh, we're talking about... Uh, uh, in the break about... Um, which the- is applied on all devices that run iOS, which would be the iPhone, the iPads, and Apple TV. Apple Watch. Uh, Apple Watch uh, uses Watch OS. Ah, oh, a different OS. Oh, wow. Different OS for the watch. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, so you have to watch out for that. <laughs> okay. The next one we began to talk about was, is it called HomePod? It's called HomePod. Okay. You can order them now, and they'll be available on the 9th of uh, February. Okay. And talk this, to us about this device. Well, this is a speaker uh, similar to Alexa and all those other guys that are out there. Alexa and uh, who's the other one? Uh, uh, Google, Google Home Google or Home. Google Assistant, as they're calling it. Right. That's right, yeah. So uh, you can subscribe to the music services that are available in the Apple ecosystem, just like you can do for Google, just like you can do for Amazon. So you have all this music that you can listen to. Uh, you can also uh, have it do a- assisting things for you as well. Uh, so it's it's basically in that same realm. The difference is I think it's a much more intensive speaker. The sound quality, reportedly, is supposed to be extremely well for it. 
Uh, it has a couple other tricks that even if you bought one now, it's not available till later. For example, if you have one HomePod and you decide you want to do another HomePod, you sit them in the same room together. They figure out that, oh, we're in the same room together and I'm on the right side, you're on the left side, now we're going to run stereo. Automatically. Automatically without you doing it. Well, because didn't Apple buy Beats? Yes. So for $2,500, if you bought a MacBook Pro, you got a free set of $250 Beats headphones. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, it's got that type of intelligence with it, too. The thing that drove me up the wall, and Kasten reminded me of it during the break, First thing he said was, it's priced just like all the other Apple products. And I said, yeah, it is, because it's an Apple product. But here's what drove me nuts. And I was on a forum with another fellow employee yesterday. And the first thing he said was, I I put out there, you know, HomePod's available. You can get it, la, la, la. And the first thing he said was, for the price of a HomePod, I could buy Alexa and 23 of these things and 44 of these things and 55 of these things and that sort of thing. And I'm saying to myself, yeah, you can but why? <laughs> and then the other thing was, spend your money on what you want. If you like Alexa, get Alexa. Be happy. But it does, you don't have to diminish another product to try and justify your product. Just buy it and enjoy it. You know, I, I wrote back to him. I said, you know something? For the same price that we're paying you to work here, I could get 35 people in China to do that. <laughs> Why are we even spending money on you? We're wasting our money. Okay. You know, so How much is the He hasn't responded. Approximately. <laughs> What's the reported price that's going to be? Yeah, about yeah. 400 bucks. Oh, 400? Like okay. 350 or something yeah. like that. I saw 329 when I looked today on the pre-order, but. There's probably Apple Care and a number of other things that you would add to it. Yeah, I, I, I always, oh, yeah. always oh, throw, point. You want yeah. a power throw. cable with that? <laughs> <laughs> you don't need power cables anymore. I thought everything was wireless. <laughs> I, I always go with the with the Apple Care. You know what would so be really that's sweet? That's why I loved it that way. Is if they incorporated the wireless charger system in the home, so I could set my iPhone on top of it and it would charge my iPhone. Wouldn't that be a bonus? Be careful. Why? Is that the next yeah, one? You never know. Well, when, no, I, my question is, Cal, seriously, is when yeah. is wireless coming to Apple? It's it's in so many other places. That When you say wireless, what do you mean? Wireless, wireless charging. Wireless, wireless, charging. wireless, charging. wireless, wireless charging is already available on iPhone 8 and iPhone 10. Yes. Oh, it is. Okay. Oh, yeah, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I beg your pardon. Yeah, if you have a 10 or an 8, they automatically charge wirelessly. Well, darn, that's why I'm, see, I'm, a, I'm three behind because I'm in a 7 Plus. And it uses the QI charging standard so you don't, it's not Apple proprietary. So oh. any QI charger that you can get, it'll charge on that. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. I, it will be the key then will be to distribute it too, like things like the uh, HomePod mm-hmm. and some other devices. Well, that'd that be nice. Now, did you know what would be really nice is if they incorporated a magnet on those darn chargers so it wouldn't slide across my dashboard. <laughs> now, now, here's the other thing that you I know. don't know about Alexa, so you guys can enlighten me on it. If I got a call on my telephone, can I transfer it to Alexa? You know, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. use it. You can't do that with the HomePod. So if you're out oh. getting out the car, you're talking on the phone, you get in the house, you go like, I want to transfer this call to my HomePod, transfer it over there, and then you continue to call over there. Now, is that uh, presuming a lot more intelligence in Siri than I certainly have experienced with that device? Well, Siri's getting smarter with every given day Hopefully. because she keeps going down the Axiom and picking up more information. <laughs> <laughs> Now we know what it costs, what it costs. 
That's the only thing I can figure. But yeah, <laughs> Siri is getting better with every iteration. But you know, it, it's like it's like all of them. You know, I, every one that I've used, they all seem to have their strong points and they have their weak points. Yeah. And you learn how to it, it, when you when you pick that ecosystem that you're going to work in, whether it's Google or uh, Amazon or Apple, you kind of pick it and you learn how to make that ecosystem work. One of the you. things I found with Siri though is, and, and it has made it frustrated me terribly. She yes. doesn't like old men. No. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Doggone it, that's it. <laughs> well, you know, a lot, I think a lot of it has to do with where they get the source of the information. Yeah. And let me put it this way. When I ask Google, okay, Google, um, what are the ingredients of a Burger King Whopper? You know, and we, in the last segment we talked about how uh, net neutrality and stuff like that. Well, it, where does Google get that information? It goes right to the wiki page. page yes. Right? And guess what was happening? As soon as Burger King released that, people thought it would be really funny to go to the wiki page and edit it because you can edit that. And basically, the ingredients oh. of a, of a you know of a Whopper include two all beef patties of small children, special sauce, <laughs> oh blah blah God. blah. So people, it, Google was actually reading this oh when people Lord. were asking about Whopper on their phones, and that included <laughs> two small children. Oh my lord! You know? mm, that's yummy. Oh my goodness! But yeah, and <laughs> it, it was awful. So. So maybe Siri doesn't get it from an open source like that, yeah, and, yeah. and it probably uses a better resource. But I've had problems with it just misunderstanding, and I, you know, being an announcer, I've got to be good at articulating, and have been for a good 44 years on the air, but I, I still cannot get that darn thing to understand me. It'll miss something. I was asking for a recipe today, and it just missed a very simple term in that, in my question to it. You mean like water? Yeah. <laughs> well, I asked for a recipe for a brand muffin with pumpkin, and and it it, it missed. I forget what the word. Maybe recipe was the was the uh, word that they missed, and it was like, why? That's it's not terribly complicated. Any background noise? No, no. Okay. But it may have been the uplink as well, because if there's a glitch in the transmission of the packets that contain part of a word, it may miss part of it. Now, does Google work on that same basis that it, when you uh, ask Google something or, uh, or Alexa with, with uh, Amazon, that it is going back to a server? I think they yes. all go back they to do. the server. Oh, they, they have to. There's yeah. not that much intelligence or CPU capability within my phone to do speech recognition. It's, it's uploaded. Because if I if I don't have access to the data network, it doesn't understand what I'm saying. That's right? true. Yes, yeah. that's true. So, yeah, the they horsepower can. is back there in the big old mainframe, sitting up in wherever. So the quality is. of the uh, connection that you have, wherever you are, I'm sure is that has determine, a lot to do. With yeah, determine how how effective it is. Okay, Other, good. Why, you would uh, 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 yeah, and they, they would know what you're saying. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So it's really embarrassing when you ask for top ten. Christmas presents for your wife and you don't have a data network and then when you walk into the house and, and a half an hour later your phone says here's the top 10 list for your uh, Christmas presents for your wife <laughs> and it finally spews it out there should be a timeout for something like <laughs> <Yeah>. that okay <laughs> hey I have a, a, a quick question for you and this is troubleshooting and I, I was standing at Trader Joe's today and uh, somehow this came up with three people who were there two people who were on registers and myself um, I have a 7 plus and uh, the fingerprint reader is not reading my fingerprint accurately. I mean, uh, like maybe 60% of the time it reads it, and the other times it doesn't. What time of year is it now? Well, it was winter. Yeah. What happens a lot of times that I notice that happens with me is my fingers will chap. The skin oh. will start to change on it. And for most of the time, it, it can and pretty much read it. 
and it'll be dry. So once in a while, I have to recalibrate. Or oh. as a smart person, I do more than one finger. I, so if I've the thumb's not working, finger. I try the index finger. Okay. And if that because doesn't work, I try the other hand. All three of us with different, well, one, the other person had a 7 plus and somebody else had an SE, were saying the same thing, that it was an issue. I didn't know if it was an issue in general. The other thing I noticed is if I have any lotion on my hands yes. or moisture, yes. you yes. Know, if I wash my hands and I try to start doesn't work. That was the number one thing that happened when the 6 came out. Wasn't the 6 the first one that had the fingers print yeah. scanning? And it was notorious that it did not work with women because they were typically more, wear lotion on their hands where men don't. Okay. But, that, but the 7 Plus was excellent. But you get around that if you get yourself in a, a trouble. Ten. Well, you, I, you have to, you know... Get your thumb to be clean or whatever finger that you're using on that. Coming back in just a minute, let's uh, continue our conversation, uh, not just about this, but about some other things. There was an article that came out that I'm just fascinated to hear you guys' opinion about, that Apple um, is, uh, oh, shoot, is missing two applications that it needs to make available for Android. We'll talk about that when we come back. Uh, the Internet Advisor, wrap things up here in just a minute. Foster, I went 30 seconds over. I, I completely I forgot that segment. I can deal with that, but okay. I, I was flagging you down. Yeah. Because yeah, you can get rid of some of my smart-ass remarks there. No, 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 no. <laughs> All I can do is I take it off the front and the back end with the, the music. Okay. I can you know, shave it down that way. Yeah, because as soon as you start waving, I looked at the clock, I go like, we're way past that game. We can wrap up with If you can indulge me for a second, I have to go check. Okay, the Apple needs two more Android apps. Why does it need two more? Apple won't further succeed with iMessage or Apple Pay unless it expands beyond the Apple verse. Yeah. Get off my fridge. Let's see if they. What was that? Nothing. I'm just trying to find Borg sounds. Oh! I couldn't find one. They didn't have music in the background. Oh, I went to the Borg uh, Wikipedia, and it gave you the script. Yep. We are the Borg. Lower your shields and surrender your ships. We will add your biological and technological distinctiveness to our own. Your culture will adapt to service us. Resistance is futile. There we go. You want to be scared? Yeah. Read what I sent you. Okay. Which one is that? Uh, the, the document that I sent on talking points. Oh, okay. Because when I connect all those dots, it, it gets scary. Isolate their Google phones yep. and watch all of the transmissions in and out of the Google phone. They were able to intercept it by I doing a false cell tower. Oh, yeah, yeah. And what Google was sending was here. Yeah. Um, you know, let's talk about the Amazon thing here before we close up. That is truly freaky because it talks about news. You know, what we mm -hmm. consider news, where we get our news, mm -hmm. how you vet your news. 
Well, when you get into Jeff Bezos and his relationship with the NSA and the Department of Defense and the contracts that are being awarded without competitive bids, it's like Washington Post, Alexa, AWS being a $10 billion in contracts through NSA, Department of Defense, CIA, and others flying to the federal government. Washington Post and how they're instructing employees that they shouldn't, they cannot. Well, that, that's what I want to talk about. Social media. Do we have anything else coming out of, out of the Apple thing? Do we want to hope? Oh, uh, those two. Let's ju- let's jump back to that. Okay. Doug, do, do you have anything else on Apple? If something you? pops in my head, I'll give it to you. But right now, it's not coming forward oh, okay, right now. Okay. 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 Let's get to wrap this one up. We got nine fifty. It's roughly ten minutes to do it on. This is nine fifty, right? Yep. Okay. Now back to the Internet Advisor. Once again, your hosts, Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and Ed Rudell. I think we'll wrap up here on a maybe kind of a scary note in some ways. I saw an article today about uh, Davos, the meeting of the <laughs> the Billionaires Club, getting together and, and uh, talking about uh, the future of mankind. And George Soros... He is one of the, as a billionaire who is a uh, kind of a curmudgeon who's been around for a long time, expressed his concern about the amount of control of data that major corporations like Google and um, uh, Amazon Amazon. and uh, other corporations like that have and their connection with governments. And I know. Kasten, you've got you've taken a look at some of that stuff as well, and you had some looks in particular. One of those players, Amazon, the data that you showed me was is really scary when you think about it. It is, and you know we have controls about uh, how many radio stations can be owned in a market, right? And right. there's always these political battles of uh, how we limit the impact that media can have and news sources can By the way, that thing about radio stations and TV stations is almost ludicrous. Sure. Because the internet has has completely wiped that out. Right, right. And, uh, you know, now there's calls in some quarters for uh, regulating the internet and how Mm -hmm. information gets distributed there. Mm -hmm. But uh, one of the things that I think a lot of people haven't uh, connected the dots on is Amazon and the U.S. government and the relationships that exist. Jeff Bezos, in I think uh, three, four years ago, purchased the Washington Post. That's right. Yeah. You know, and uh, just this week there was a an article that I read about the publisher for the Washington Post saying to the union and the employees. You need to be thankful for Jeff Bezos because without him, you don't have a job. And it was came across as in a threatening manner. Mm. There was a news reporter who was disciplined by the Washington Post for writing an article that was critical of Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Wow. And I, I wow. think it was May of last year that uh, uh, the Washington Post uh, sent out a memo that no 
employees of the Washington Post should post on social media anything critical of the suppliers, the advertisers, the customers <sighs> of the Washington Post. That you know, to me, guys, I, that throws the whole notion of of news uh, coming. You know, how do I get my news? And when I get my news, what has it been colored by? And you know, am I getting real news or just propaganda? You know, I think if I can jump in here, Foster. Oh, please. I think news, in the sense of what we we're used to, what news is really doesn't exist anymore or it's really watered down because news used to come from a source, a group of trained individuals to gather information, disseminate it, and then present you know, it out to the well, And verify public. it in two yeah. or three sources. Yes, yes, and, certify, and make sure yeah, it's right. right and stuff like that. And that's what we used to call news. Now news comes too many different ways. Yeah. News comes from that old source. Well, News comes yeah. from everybody who has a phone that has a camera on I it. I would make a distinction. Information okay. or data comes from any... And we're forced to be the editors. Okay, so so we just get information now. We yep. don't get news. Absolutely. I, that's what I believe. And, and, and it's really sad because even the authoritative news services have fallen victim to the media, the media of themselves and the ever-growing threat that they have to make money with that media yeah so it's like yeah. okay we even take sources from information from people with phones yes and we put it on the regular news yes and we say it's news but it's not news and if it's there's, information there's also a danger in having that freedom of selecting my news because now two people can be in a room talking about one topic and because they're taking their personal news feed yes. and there's this concept called confirmatory bias yep. that I tend to be attracted to those news sources or those sources of information that confirm right. the things that I believe or the things that I want to believe. You know, and that's the echo chamber. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That's the echo chamber of, of social media. You see that on Facebook all the time, which is a horrible place to get any kind of information from because, you know, it's, it's just cheerleading for different topics. And I've often, there was a matter of fact in, in our church, there were some issues that were being dealt with. And one of the pastors said, the last place you need to be discussing this is Facebook. Right. Because it will be just inflamed comment. Well, That's all. Facebook is where you go where you want to start a trouble, start a fire. <laughs> you, you, you go there. There's Tinder laying all oh, over the place. All the place, and all you gotta do is run in with yeah. a match. If you really want that fire to get going fast, put take okay. some gas. I'd like to issue a challenge to all of our okay. listeners. Please send me an email. If you've ever changed another person's opinion on a controversial topic on Facebook. Oh, geez. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you won't be getting much mail, I don't think. <laughs> you know, Ed, you and I were talking about this on the way in. Uh, I think both of us trust NPR, the National Public Radio, yes. news sources. Am I right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yes. Because I would consider them pretty impartial. Some people listening to this broadcast right now are screaming. <laughs> right. saying, no, no, not liberals. that liberals. Yeah, exactly. Okay, I'll, li exactly. I'll, I'll offer a counterpoint. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, there's a difference between truthful news and truthful source and presenting things in a perspective that lends toward a bias rather yeah. than being, you know, we're in this discussion about fake news. 
Yes. I think more dangerous than fake news is biased news. And sometimes that's offering information, but you can say as much by what you leave out of a conversation yes. as yes. you do. Mm-hmm. And I believe that NPR sometimes falls into that category mm-hmm. of providing not all sides of the story. Right. And so does Fox right. and so does CNN. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and it also, it's almost become a juggling act that I know if I want to get the hyper-conservative, I'll go to this source. Right. And if I want to get the hyper, quote-unquote, liberal... It's hard I'll... to get the whole source, but you Absolutely. can listen to two different sides. Yeah. And, and how, it's funny how each, as Casting just said, leaves critical things out. Yeah. It was funny listening to NPR and Fox during the debates, oh, the Lord. presidential debates. Yes. And I'm like, they did not say that, or this person did not say that. And and they clearly said that, you know, and it, you know, oh my goodness, it was Well, awful. the problem is, is when news and money got mixed together. When news- Well, became, it's always been there. Yeah, but when, but when news really became, uh, news got more mixed in with it, well, because of the ratings, and because it went from the big three to everybody. So everybody's trying to get a chunk of that same pie. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's like, well, I'm not going to worry about whether it's really good. We're just going to worry about if we can get people to listen. You know, And, I, and so the way I right. solved the problem was right. I go to the left-wing whack jobs and the right-wing <laughs> whack jobs and just be entertained. And I don't even follow the news anymore because I don't know who to believe. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't say. I uh, probably would lean toward, depending on um, uh, a source like NPR, personally, just personally, because of the um, uh, track record they have of having uh, correspondents all over the world. And, um, you know, uh, just, a, just a track record of, of good good sound uh, information. Well, for the record, for our bosses, there's only one news source that I really trust. What's that? And that's the... Great voice of the greatest, <laughs> there WJR. We go. There we go. <laughs> we'll have to get back to Gene Fogle <laughs> and tell him, we trust you, Gene. Gene's one of our reporters here at uh, WJR. Well, guys, this has been a great program today, and we hope to continue to do this kind of thing for our listeners, that uh, we're going to be settling in in our second hour with our uh, tech experts talking about different subjects that have come up in the news. And if you've got a question for us, please send us an email by going to internetadvisor.net on the contact us button there you can leave a question and also after we've uh, done our podcast usually by Sunday night or Monday morning you can put a question in the very bottom in the comments section have a great week and we'll see you next week on the Internet Advisor